Amen. All right, I need your help here for a minute. Are you ready? He is risen. Okay, that's a practice round. You ready? One more time. Come on. He is risen. Do you believe it? Yes. All right, believe it not just up here, but let it go here. If we need to do it one more time, raise your hand. Oh, seriously. We are, we're going to do it one more time. Now, he is risen. He is risen okay, you know what? Now I believe you. Now I believe you. So I, I, I found this meme not too long ago, uh, and I hope we have that slide ready. I found this meme. I think it's hilarious, and I pulled it off, and I sent it to you guys. And the meme is not that. And the meme is hopefully coming shortly. Um, it's a really cool meme. And it's a really amazing meme and picture. And I can just explain what it is. There it is. YOLO. I like this. You know what YOLO means, right? How many people? This is just a cultural test, just a survey. I know what YOLO is. I have no pick an idea what YOLO is. Okay, 50-50. That's a healthy congregation. All the generations together. So YOLO means you only live once. Right? I like this. I know it's a little bit cheesy, but I still laughed. Uh, you only live once. Jesus coming out of the grave. JK, just kidding? <laughs> I, figured, I figured if you don't know YOLO, you don't know JK, right? YOLO, anyway. And this is no April Fool's. Okay, let's get this cheesy meme off of here. Let's get this goofy meme off of here. So today I want to look at Moses' life, Jesus' life, and your life, and tether them together in a way that impacts you. We've been going through this series, uh, a series in the life of Moses. You know the whole story in Moses. If not, you can go all the way back to Sunday school and join us again, teach the kids and learn the story for the first time. That would be really cool. Uh, but Moses gets the call from God. Moses is a reluctant leader. He's actually, he's not a great guy. He, 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 was, he grew up in the Egyptian system, uh, very uh, prominent in the Egyptian system on behalf of the Israelites. And there was some injustice going on with the Israelite workers that the Egyptians were imposing on the Israelites. And Moses gets frustrated with this, and he ends up killing a man, and he runs and flees for his life. And years later, God comes to Moses through the form of a, a burning bush and says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and take my people out of captivity, right? And then there's this camp song, uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. Sing that one. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go, huh? You remember that song? Okay, so then there's that song. There's that song. No, I don't want to play that today. There's that song. So Moses goes back. He encounters Pharaoh, all kinds of trouble. Pharaoh won't let the people go. God says, do what I say. Moses says, Pharaoh's not doing what you say. And Moses feels stuck in the middle. Finally, after a whole series of very dramatic events, Pharaoh lets the people go. So here's the point. Moses is doing most of the right things for most of the right reasons, and it's not working. Until today. And Moses feels like he's just being knocked off of the center. Anybody ever feel that way? Knocked off the center? You've got to find the recalibration. Finding the center. The story of Jesus is really kind of similar when you think about it. Jesus, actually the Son of God, born of a virgin, comes, right? And he gets into all kinds of trouble. 
He's in trouble with his arch enemy, the adversary, the, really, uh, the enemy. He gets into all kinds of trouble with Rome. And he gets into all kinds of trouble with church people. I don't know how that one happened. And it definitely doesn't work out well for Jesus. Jesus is doing all the right things for all the right reasons, and it just didn't work out well. Good Friday. Until today. Now let me ask you a question about your own life. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of some moment in your life thinking something like this? I've been doing mostly the right things for the right reasons, and it's just not working out. Anybody feel a little bit knocked off the center? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Some of us actually may have fallen down. That could change for you today. It changed for Moses, it changes for Jesus, and it'll change for you if we allow it, in fact, to happen. That's where we're headed this morning with the story. Let's read the text. Here's where we're going to pick up the story. Pharaoh finally lets the people go. When Pharaoh let the people go, listen to this. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. That fascinates me. So he finally gets freedom, and and God doesn't lead them through the shortest route. Let's just listen to that for a moment. You know, a lot of times we think, I got, I've been doing the right things for the right reasons. It hasn't been working out. And then all of a sudden, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You would think it would be the shortest, fastest, most effective and productive route. Right? Wrong. I love this little line, and we can read, fast, read by it too fast. It's not the shortest route. Because God said this, if they face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. I guess Egypt is better than where they're headed. Freedom. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid. There's the promise. And then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a cloud. Wait. Okay, time out. Back up to verse 21. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire. There it is. To give them light so they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. God was with them. Let's jump over a little bit. Chapter 14, not chapter 24. Chapter 14, verse 21. Then Moses... Now they come to a body of water and they're in trouble. They're boxed in. Moses stretches out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. 
This is cool. Anybody watch Ten Commandments last night? The <laughs> greatest movie ever. He drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Isn't this a great miracle? You got the picture in your mind? The Egyptians pursued them, Pharaoh and all his armies, his horses, his chariots, his horsemen, followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and, I love this, threw it into confusion. See, oftentimes we think the real miracle here is the parting of the Red Sea. Come on, any God can part the Red Sea. Right? I mean, any God that's worth the title God, capital G, any God can part the Red Sea, but not any God confusion with people. And it gets even better. He made, here's to me, this is the real miracle of the story. This is what proves God is God. God made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they couldn't drive. That's the miracle. Any God can part the Red Sea. Not any God can cause their wheels to fall off. I love that. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. Duh. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Well, I'm not going to read the rest of the story. You know how it ends. But I want to draw our attention to what happens when they get to the other side. When the Egyptians saw the great power of the Lord, when they're on the other side, displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they put their trust in him. And in Moses, his servant. That's a great story. Is that a great story? Thank you for being with me this morning. I appreciate that. Let's pray, shall we? There's a lot in here that we can learn from Moses and Jesus and ourselves. May we have the courage to march the road to freedom in similar ways where we pull the principles out and apply them to our life and we just let the chains go and we're free. May it be so this Easter Sunday. In your strong and holy name we pray. Amen. So there's a book that came out recently by a guy named Donald Miller, you know, the Blue Like Jazz guy. He's written Blue Like Jazz and a whole bunch of other books. He wrote a book recently called Building Your Story Brand. And here's what he says the elements of a great story are. And I'm going to ruin every single movie you ever see from here on out. There's seven basic moves in a really good story. And it goes like this. There's a character or there's a hero or there's a heroine. For the rest of the morning, I'm going to call the, the character the Shiro. Okay, so I can be gender inclusive. So there's a Shiro, that's you, that's Moses, that's Jesus. They're the hero of the story, the Shiro of the story. And that Shiro encounters a problem, an obstacle, a villain. There's something going on that's, a, that's getting in the way of whatever it is that the Shiro actually needs. Now, what I want you to do is think of Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, the hero. His, his problem is what? Darth Vader, the evil empire, and he's got an internal problem as well. I'm not sure I'm an actual Jedi Knight. I don't think I can do it. 
It's called self-doubt. Anybody here doubt themselves? So the Shiro has a villain. And the villain enlists a guide, a coach, a mentor, someone to walk through this with them. Someone that's not always perfect, but can at least take the journey with them. So, Moses has a villain called Pharaoh, and he enlists, or actually he's enlisted by God. And God's going to walk with Moses, just like Yoda is going to walk with Luke Skywalker, and maybe even Obi-Wan Kenobi. I just want to say Obi-Wan Kenobi on Easter Sunday. And the guides, God with Moses, Yoda for Luke Skywalker, create a plan. And call that hero to action. So Moses has a problem, Pharaoh, enlists God who creates a plan. Here's a staff. Go back to Egypt. Take on, in a power encounter format, all the diviners of the Egyptian culture. Prove that I am the living God and you will be able to let my people go. And he calls Moses to execute the plan. And it doesn't go that well because Moses has not yet succeeded. And there's all kinds of conflict now because will Moses succeed or will he not? Will Luke Skywalker succeed or will he not? Finally, the day comes when Pharaoh's had enough because there's been all kinds of crazy plagues. And Pharaoh says, you, Moses, are driving me nuts. Take your people and get out of here. And Moses executes the plan. He navigates failure all the way to success. Those are the, basically the seven moves of a great story. Now, you can start running that grid through every movie you see, and it is actually true. And what the best part about this is, if you're the person that sits in a movie theater with your partner, and you can already get this stuff 20 minutes into the movie, right, and your partner can't, now your partner's going to elbow you and tell you what's going to happen within the first 20 minutes. Totally true story. And the Israelites go on, they survive, and they thrive, and everyone is transformed. Let's take a look at Moses' life, or Jesus' life. That's Moses. How about Jesus? Jesus, God incarnate, son of God, hero. He encounters a problem. Rome, the adversary, Satan, the enemy, Religious folks, and actually, he tries to enlist the, the, the disciples, but they're all boneheads. So that was an epic fail, at least for a while. And Jesus enlists the unspoken power and plan of the other two members of the Trinity, the Father and the Spirit. And they create this plan that no one knows about, and it culminates in this epic failure called Good Friday. 
It was a fail. It was a fail until today. It was a fail until today. Because everybody got up thinking that this great story was the Messiah, and he's just been crucified and laid in a tomb to rest. No more. No bueno. And two women who are marginalized in culture and society, they go run into the tomb, and when they get there, it's like, wait, this, it's, it's, it's rolled away. And they meet a guy inside, sending out texts. He's not here. You don't need to come in. If you do, here's an Instagram photo. He's not here. What? Epic fail till today. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, if you remember the other movies that have come out, you can think about this with, uh, oh, what's Hunger Games? Katniss. Remember Katniss? Any Hunger Game fans in here? Okay, this is, this is for you four people. <laughs> Got to watch some movies, you guys. Katniss, the Shiro, enlists, has a problem, right? What's the problem, Don? Yeah, District 12 needs to survive from these crazy people who are basically trying to create tyranny, right? And she becomes really the spokesperson for the survival of District 12, and she's filled with self-doubt. That's her obstacle. Can I do this? She enlists a guy named Hamich, which, who writes these names, but it's a good story. Hamich, who's not one of your more noble kind of fellas, but he's actually won the Hunger Games before. And he mentors her through a series of events, creating a plan so that she lives and survives and everyone's saved and lived happily ever after until the sequel. Because, <laughs> you know, then you've got to start this whole thing over again. You know, it just depends on how many sequels there are. Sometimes there's ten of them. But it still follows the same format. Those are the elements of a great story. This is, a great, this is the greatest story ever told. It's over 4,000 years old. So on Easter Sunday, now, where do you find yourself in this story? How about you? We've discovered that this story is trustworthy and true. We've seen it live out in the life of Moses. We've seen it live out in the life of Jesus. We've actually illustrated it through the Star Wars 14 million movies that we've seen so far and the three or four Hunger Games. So now I ask a really pertinent question. What about you? You're the hero of your story, the Shiro. And you're the less than perfect Shiro of your story. And you're encountering a problem. What is it? What is that obstacle? What is that villain? What is that past or future or current thing that is, the, that is getting in the way of freedom? And it's getting in the way so much you're walking around with chains on. This is a chain, by the way. This is a, this is a Home Depot version. There. You know, and some of us have, you know, we got tons of chains. What's your chain? What is it regret? How's this go with the suit, by the way? Is it regret? 
Anybody got regret? Anybody got any anxiety? Fears? Any hurt? Any habits? Any hang-ups? Anybody lonely? Anybody feel left behind? Anybody here too busy? Anybody here lying in bed at the end of the day, exhausted, and wake up and just <laughs> give a really heavy sigh? Wait, we got to do this again? <laughs> what? How about self-doubt? Man, I'm not equipped for this. Anybody here cynical or apathetic? Which is kind of the end result of some of these other things I've been talking about. Anybody here need a bigger purpose than themselves or a grand purpose? Anybody here have a problem with that recent diagnosis? You're the sheer of your story, and I guarantee you there's something there. It's a big old shame. And so we enlist a guide, and the guide's name is Jesus the Christ. And different than Hollywood guides, this guide is God. And not just any God. A God that can part the Red Sea, any God can do that. This God has things in control from the big even to the small. He's going to make the wheels come off and create confusion to get what God wants done. And not only that, you can, you can crucify this God. And you know where I'm going with this, right? He's going to show up three days later. So we enlist that God. And in the enlisting of that God named Jesus, because we saw it in the story of Moses, man, there's, there's freedom. And these chains can be satisfied and released and taken away. And I don't know what your chain is, but there's plenty of chains up here for all of us. And today is as good a day as any to get rid of the chain. I'm pretty sure real chains don't break this easily because I'm really sure I'm not that strong. Right? Today we can all experience the freedom of Christ from chains that hold us back, that problem, when we enlist Jesus Christ because he's got a plan for us. And the plan comes right out of this text and I'm going to give us five and I'm going to just rattle them off. Five steps to freedom for you today. First one, you just got to take the first step, just like the Israelites did. They had to just take that first step in the right direction, and I'm pretty sure they probably didn't want to. In fact, God already anticipated they didn't want to. They'd rather stay in Egypt in bondage, chained to everything past, than have a new adventure. So freedom today, first step. It doesn't have to be a big one. It doesn't even have to be more than an inch. It just needs to be in the right direction. Take the step. Make it happen. Freedom. 
is available today. Number two, you know what? The road to freedom will never be the shortest route, but it's going to get us there. It may not be a short route, it may not be the fastest route, but it will get us there. That's gospel truth today. Third step to freedom. So we've taken two steps so far. Third step is it's a total and complete surrender of your life to Jesus Christ as you watch him go before you in a pillar of cloud and as you watch him behind you in fire. God will go with you, in front of you, behind you, to your right, to your left, above you, below you, and all around you. And surrender to the truth of that. I feel uncomfortable throwing things. Fourth step, right out of the text. Watch God do the big parting the sea and the small causing the wheels to fall off. God's going to go to big and small lengths to secure freedom for you. And friends, lastly, when you get to the other side, (laughs) when you get to the other side and you look, There is simplicity on the far side of complexity. And it's called Jesus Christ leading us across. And when we get there, I love the text. They feared God and they put their trust in him. And that's what freedom looks like today. Jesus calls us to take these steps. No better day to take them than on an Easter Sunday. And it's a gift. You don't have to understand this gift to receive the gift. The world always wants certitude and understanding. Have you noticed that? Got to understand it. Got to understand it before I can commit and surrender to it. That's antithetical to faith. We know this story is trustworthy and true. We've seen it through the lives of Scripture. It's still the greatest storyline in every Hollywood film today. Why do we need to understand every little detail for, the, for it to be received as a gift. In fact, the desire to understand just yields more injustice and more violence and more consumerism or greed or gossip and that unsavory list goes on and on. Today's about an Easter revolution coming here whereby... Hold on a second. I tapped the screen of my device in the wrong location. Whereby the world's brought to new life. We are players in that movement. It's a freedom movement. It's about a God who is more ready to give gifts than we are poised and ready to receive them. I'm going to say that last line again. God's more interested in giving us gifts than we are poised and ready to receive them. Our certitude and understanding gets in the way. And today on Easter Sunday, this story is trustworthy and true. Just let faith take over and break the chains and walk in freedom. Today, like Moses and Jesus, is about you. Just being free. Let's pray.
So loving and holy God, it's, it's your story. Moses foreshadowed it. Jesus lived it. And we can too. If, if, if we surrender our certitude and desire for total and complete understanding, if we surrender to faith, freedom's available in and through Jesus Christ. Conquered sin and death, leading us <laughs> from chains to freedom. Friends, if you want to accept that story today, would you just, this is going to be crazy, we're Presbyterians, but I'm, doing, I'm going for it. Would you raise your hand? Yeah. No one sees, I see. I want to pray. If you want to pray with me, I'll be here after the service. I'll pray for every single one of you. Alfredo will be up here. Let's pray together to walk in freedom. Life's too short to dwell too long in the villains and the obstacles of the day. They're not all going to go away. It won't be the shortest route. But by God's standards, our lives will be certainly more successful and will all change. It's called transformation. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. May you take something that has been said this morning from a middle-aged almost to an old-aged guy and turn it into your truth. And more than anything else, <laughs> he is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.